And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Thursday. Bracing for a wet one today, aren't we? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so delightful. But as we warned, it's the monsoon season. Officially, that is. And downpour is expected throughout today and tomorrow, especially in the capital region and the southern coastline. Yeah. Going to be staying indoors, mostly, to keep safe and dry. <laughs> you look comfortable from the comfort of your own home. <laughs> I, I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to uh, clarify some of these major headlines for our listeners. First, on budgeting, President Yoon emphasizes fiscal soundness. This is our first keyword of the day. Political subsidies. So President Yoon has called for abolishing what he calls nonsensical political subsidies and maintaining fiscal soundness. This is an apparent swipe to subsidies given to civic groups under the previous administration. So he's saying even if it's an unpopular measure, he wants to follow through. Yeah, so basically the whole gist of uh, what he is saying is basically the country needs to save money and not really spend on what he calls populist policies in terms of uh, finances. Uh, you made the remark while presiding over a national financial strategy meeting with the government and ruling party officials, which lasted for about four and a half hours. Now, the meeting uh, focused on the direction of midterm fiscal management from this year to 2027, as well as budget planning for next year as well. Yoon said, quote, we must get rid of uh, nonsense uh, political subsidies while keeping economic subsidies alive and making social subsidies more efficient and rational. And he noted... Uh, that finances are a reflection of state management. And he added that any political power that truly loves the country and its people should go on what he called a fiscal diet for the sake of the country, uh, even if it loses an election. Now, he stressed that uh, the innovation mindset of each ministry will be evaluated based on how much they rationalise and reduce uh, the budget, so basically on how they save money. Uh, his comments come after a recent audit of government subsidies given to about 12,000 civic groups over the past three years uh, found irreg- uh, irregularities involving about 31 billion won. Uh, so it's not just the amount of money that he's um, kind of uh, making a problem uh, or taking issue with. It's just that the irregularities are also mm. uh, an issue as well. Now, you stressed that his administration in the past year has focused on fiscal soundness and he said that under the previous uh, Moon Jae-in administration national debt grew more than 400 trillion won over the past five years and national debt surpassed a thousand trillion won for the first time last year uh, he said that ineffective budgeting including political subsidies supporting unions and non-profit organizations should be completely re-examined on a zero-based basis uh, in the meeting Uh, The government's also decided to back measures such as increasing the number of migrant workers Mm. and extending their period uh, of stay as well in order to resolve the shortage uh, of manpower in workplaces. Mm, Of course, uh, on a related topic, I mean, why are we seeing less manpower in vital workplaces? The shrinking population, which we'll we'll touch Mm. on in just a moment. We'll leave it there for now as we move on to our second keyword of the day. Currency swap. So Korea and Japan are holding their first bilateral finance dialogue in eight years today. Both sides are looking to revive their bilateral currency swap line to bolster their dollar liquidity. What can we expect? It's a first in eight years. 
It is the first in eight years. Yes, sir. The meeting between Finance Minister Chu Gyeong-ho and his Japanese counterpart Shinichi Suzuki uh, will happen today. They're seeking to finalize a renewed currency swap deal uh, during today's meeting. The deal actually expired back in 2015 amid uh, worsening relations between the neighbors. Now, Japan is poised to provide only dollars, not yen, mm. in the expected arrangement. Uh, in past swap lines, Tokyo provided liquidity uh, in both the dollar and the yen. Uh, for Korea, it may supply liquidity in the greenback and the one. Uh, the size of the line was known to be uh, anywhere between uh, uh, $2 billion and $10 billion. Now, Korea is predicted to secure additional dollar liquidity from the uh, expected agreement to deal with a potential crisis as the country's currency swap contracts with the U.S. expired at the end of 2021, uh, Tokyo may prefer a swap deal as the country pledged to take action to support uh, the ailing Japanese currency. Uh, some experts say the, a renewed deal is a kind of win-win deal since it will help both countries stabilize their currencies. But other experts say that Korea does not really need to seek a large-scale currency swap line as Seoul has enough foreign exchange reserves. Uh, they say the arrangement is just uh, symbolic in a way, showing a thaw in uh, diplomatic mm. relations. Uh, now, Chu and Suzuki are also expected to discuss the current economic situation, uh, both domestic and foreign, as well as other economic and financial cooperation as well. Of course, because both sides are looking to mend strained ties as they do face common geostrategic risks. Uh, for example, the increasingly assertive China and unpredictable North Korea. Some common grounds there, and as you've said, a sign of thawed relationship. We'll leave it there as we move on to our population coverage. This is our third keyword of the day. Falling population. So Korea suffered the biggest fall to date in the number of new births and marriages for the month of April. What's the latest? Yeah, so uh, more gloomy data, uh, I'm afraid. Nothing really, uh, no light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to births and marriages. Statistics Korea data shows uh, only 18 and a half nearly some babies were born in April this year, sinking 12.7% from a year earlier. It is the lowest April figure since the government began uh, tracking birth data uh, back in 1981. Now, the country has registered monthly declines in new births for 89 consecutive months since December uh, 2015. Now, on a cumulative basis, uh, 82,700-odd uh, babies were born between January and April, down 7.6% compared to the same period last year. Uh, the downbeat result will likely lead to lower fertility rates than last year's 0 0.78. Uh, now, fertility rates is the uh, average number of children born to a woman in her reproductive years. Uh, Korea is standing as the world's uh, lowest in terms of that figure. Uh, in the first quarter, the figure was 0 0.81, much lower than the uh, what's known as the replacement level of 2.1 that would actually keep uh, Korea's population stable at 51 million. Now, this means Korea suffered a natural decrease uh, again of 9,097 in its population um, in April. The trend of deaths surpassing births has continued uh, for 42 uh, straight months. Uh, so it just continues to uh, decline. Now, also, fewer people got married in April as well, further dimming prospects for the 
already dismal birth rate. Uh, this comes despite uh, marriages actually picking up uh, after the pandemic. Now, the number of new marriages totaled about 14,500 in April. That's down just over 8% on year. Uh, it put an end to a streak of monthly growth, actually, over the past eight months uh, uh, for those people who uh, eventually got married after delaying it uh, mm -hmm. during the pandemic. Uh, now, the figures are dealing a blow to the government, of course, since it has spent hundreds of billions of uh, dollars uh, to lift the low fertility rate. But uh, it mm -hmm. seems like just uh, throwing money at the issue is not really working. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll have to see what policies or any new uh, policies uh, the government comes up with. But to be fair, I mean, if you take a closer look at any declining populations across the world, and especially in a developed country, throwing money at the issue has resolved and never alleviated those numbers. So perhaps we need to take a different approach. The problem is that different approach is so much more complex. It's about the culture of embracing marriage and culture of why we don't or maybe why we delay ch having uh, children in the first place, right? Yeah, I mean, Korea used, uh, does have some very bleak numbers when it comes to right. falling population, but it is it is kind of a global trend at the moment. It's just uh, mm. Korea seems to be hardest hit at exactly. the moment. All right, so how to deal with those uh, falling, uh, well, declining rates that we've been talking about for, let's be honest, years. That's on the government. Let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Birth register. So parliamentary subcommittee has passed a bill mandating medical institutions to register the birth of newborns. This comes after public outcry after two unregistered babies were found dead in a refrigerator last week. Uh, there was incredible public backlash for perhaps the government mm. to intervene more. Yeah, so the, yeah, certainly sparked some uh, public outcry and some controversy. Mm -hmm. uh, say there's some, some potential loopholes in these kind of um, issues relating to infanticide. Now, the primary objective of the revision bill is to require uh, hospitals to directly notify local governments of information upon new births. That law is actually uh, in place now, but the time frame is only a month. So you have a month to register the birth and violators uh, who don't do that are punished only uh, with small fines. So there was some criticism that the punishment is a bit too lenient. Now, critics say that leaves the uh, open the possibility of abuse of unregistered babies. Now, the Border Border Ten inspection actually found that some 2,000 babies born since 2015 in the country were undocumented after birth. A sample investigation of 23 of them showed at least three died and another was abandoned. Uh, so it just goes to show that there are some um, some areas for improvement in terms of the current law. Now, under the revision, heads of medical institutions uh, must notify the Health Insurance Review and Assessment Service of the birth information of newborns. Heads of local governments must also notify mothers to document birth information when registration is not made within a month and will seek a court order for the registration otherwise. So basically a harsher crackdown. Mm. Uh, without a birth registration, a child will be unable to receive routine vaccines and other healthcare services. Uh, and would even face difficulties attending school as well. So there's that aspect of why um, there needs to be a revamp of it. Now, the revision uh, has been met by some opposition from hospitals due mainly to concern about the kind of administrative burden from it and fears of shouldering responsibility uh, in case something goes wrong in the reporting process. 
the ruling party says doctors only need to fill out birth information, so it's not really that much work for them. Mm. Now, the revision bill is set to be put to a vote at a plenary session scheduled Uh, for tomorrow. Uh, meanwhile, another bill supported by the ruling party and government is expected to be discussed by the Judiciary Committee later, as the opposition party has demanded further deliberation on it. Now, the bill allows local governments to report a child's birth when a mother wishes to remain anonymous mm. uh, and hide her identity. There's been some um, concerns that some mothers aren't reporting their births because Either they're not really in a position to um, announce their birth or they're uh, struggling financially. Uh, also, the PPP and the government have decided to run an intensive reporting period for unregistered children uh, in the second half of this year. And they also plan to reduce liability for those who voluntarily report or register Uh, unregistered children as well. So some uh, providing some encouragement and incentives in that regard. All right. With that, we move on to our final keyword of the day. Successful flights. So the last uh, prototype of Korea's homegrown KF-21, Porame uh, Fighter, has succeeded in its first test flight. Can you tell us the details? Yeah, so more good news in terms of the development of the homegrown fighter jet. Uh, Unit 6, as it's been called, took off from a base in Sachon at 3.49pm yesterday. It completed a 33-minute uh, flight. Uh, the KF-21 prototypes are available in single seats. They are the Units 1, 2, 3 and 5, as well as a two-seat variant uh, in Units 4 and 6. Now, the twin-seater variant... Uh, is planned to be used for pilot education and training missions, uh, hence why it has two seats, uh, one for the instruction and one for the trainee, uh, instructor rather. Uh, all six have successfully completed test flights. Uh, the government will continue performance verification uh, with the six prototypes. Uh, the government plans to begin mass production next year mm. after it received a provisional combat readiness determination last month. Uh, if there are no problems during the performance verification process, then final approval will be given in the year 2026, and then it will be delivered to the Air Force later that same uh, year. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Stay dry, and we'll see you tomorrow. You too, stay dry. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.